1: there welcome to thank the maker a podcast about heroes princesses scoundrels hokey religions ancient weapons and all things star wars i'm one of your hosts my name's adam russell also the
2: middle host i'm your host ryan key hey everyone it's nick and i'm here to offer you an extended warranty on your car <laughs> Do you guys get those voicemails 10 times a day Car shield. <laughs> I don't know what they technically are. them stuff. A lo- but a lot of people are offering me warranties. Right They're now. so
0: urgent. They're so <laughs> urgent. They're like, before the warranty expires, you must call us now. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even own that car anymore. <laughs> Please stop calling me. I'm doing it. I have like ten warranties right now. I'm stacking them up. <laughs> oh,
1: that person must move on with their life and do something else. As much as we love to talk about car warranties, we're actually. Instead, going to talk about the Clone Wars season five today, season. tonight, this episode. The
2: first ending.
1: <laughs> yes. Dude, uh, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say how much more leveled up this season
0: was from the one before. You just said it without saying it. You said it, and then you said it without saying it because you didn't say it, and then you still said it. <laughs> who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's great, dude. It's just so good. Yep. We did the math. It's five times better than the first season.
0: (laughs) Yes. It's really, really good. It's really good.
2: I I don't
1: think it's the first time watching the Clone Wars that I fully teared up or cried, but it was definitely the gnarliest in the finale so far.
0: Yeah. The music, when she's walking out and Anakin's coming behind her, there's like this one really sort of like thunderous, like low, subby, like sound in the middle of the the binary sunset theme yeah that is like just crushes your soul yeah and there were tears streaming
1: man and then i watched the damn behind the scenes thing with ashley talking about the ending and then cried again it's just so good
0: i i need to watch that
1: she's looking uh her (laughs) 2013ist like fully straight blonde hair Everything and all these behind-the-scenes stuff, except for L- Filoni, he looks exactly the same. You're not, you're not wrong. But everybody's looking very of the year, and it's it's, it's pretty sweet.
0: Well, well, I wonder what what my most 2013est was. That was a rough year. I think I was like just entering my prime, 33
2: to like 37. I had a good four-year run there. Yeah, the good old days. Now I'm shot.
0: The good old days in our mid 30s. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Mother Talzin's green
0: magic has left my body. <laughs> now i'm shot uh, yeah you need to like commit yourself to the magics I again i would if i could we need to do another ritual for you <laughs> nick
1: we're like uh old people on blood thinners like you just bump your elbow on the countertop and you know <laughs> green mist comes out <laughs> youth escaping the three utes <laughs> what is a ute <laughs> uh yep we're better when we're loopy we are <laughs> it's late again all right let's Do stolen plans before we just really blow this whole thing. What have you done with those plans? Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Season 5, debuted on Cartoon Network September 29th, 2012. Last one on Cartoon Network, right? Correct. Some of the characters we've created for this show will meet their destinies, said Dave Filoni. There was no official sort of tagline. There was a, a marketing thing. That had like uh, like the uh, like the profile icons on um Disney plus right it had oh, a bunch yeah. of characters, and it said, "Who will fall, which is probably what this episode's going to be called, directed of course by Dave Filoni, supervising director, they didn't mention any or I didn't see any notable directors that came in that hadn't already worked on these names that I knew. you guys see anything? no
2: no, nothing to report back.
1: doesn't matter bunch of losers. It could have been the damn mailman or <laughs> Sasquatch. Whoever directed all of this stuff crushed it. Doesn't matter. The cast was, of course, all the regulars returning, along with Katie Sackhoff as Bo Katan, fully becoming the Bo Katan that we uh, we come to know. John Favreau returning as Pre Sam Witwer as Maul, Tim Curry came in to finish the Palpatine voice for the last sort of last episode. We don't know officially, right? Like, what what
2: he had to finish? I, I believe it was just the last episode. Fairly certain.
1: Point being, Ian Abercrombie, who was the voice all the way up to this point, died actually at the age of 77 and didn't get to finish his lines. He actually died while, if I remember this correctly, while season four was airing because they were already working on all this. And they ended up dedicating an episode to him. We, we, We see it later. We'll talk about that. To put a face to his name, Ian Abercrombie, he was Mr. Pitt. On Seinfeld, who is this,
0: Nick? You're a bigger Seinfeld. Yeah, Elaine
2: Be- Elaine Bennis' boss in uh, like season six, I want to say. I only just found this out. I had no idea that's who it was. That's amazing.
0: I'm not a Seinfeld person, so I can't. No chiming in here other than to say I have no idea what you're talking about. People will get it. Mr. Pitt, Elaine's boss. It's a show about nothing, I've heard. There you go. No
1: need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> this season, like uh, we said before, was the, uh, the final season on... Cartoon Network and the final season of the original run, and this actually debuted on Saturday mornings instead of Friday nights. It just seems like a
2: kiss of death.
0: It's interesting because it's so much more Friday night than it ever has been before, and they and they move it to the most cartoony slot. Yeah, Saturday morning cartoons like. Should have been that way years ago, but why did they change it now?
1: Hey, kids, uh, get a bowl of cereal and let's watch a beheading.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think, I don't know if there still is because TV is
2: so different now with streaming and all that, but I think there was like a graveyard time when, you got, when your show was doing well on like Wednesday night at 8 or something like that, if your ratings started to sink, they were like, let's put them on a Friday at 8, and that meant you're like really about, <laughs> your show is about to get canceled. So this is a weird move to go from like Friday night primetime to Saturday morning. It almost seems like they knew something was up and they weren't going to do another season or something like that.
1: But like Ryan's saying, you would never, if you haven't watched this yet, just go look at just like a few seconds of an episode in this season, you would never ever in your life guess that they knew (laughs) that it was coming to an end. Nothing in this indicates that they were in any position other than like fully in their prime, in their stride, all cylinders firing. It's crazy. So it's like, I'm not going to say it. It's great. (laughs) But they were aware. Lucas was especially aware of some kind of ending. He really wanted to kill off like as many characters as possible in this season because this is, you know, it's prequel time frame and most of these characters aren't in the prequels and don't show up after the prequels. So he's like, just, I'll just kill him. I'll kill that one too. i gotta kill that guy too. <laughs> and he, even Ahsoka, he wanted to kill Ahsoka and Filoni talked him into the idea of,
0: of her walking away instead. It's rough, George. Filoni is smart. He's a smart guy. This is true. And I'm very glad he was able to convince him of this decision. Same.
2: Maybe we could get him to make... Togarutas live like 200 years, like, like Wookiees, you know, and could yeah. just could be around forever. I am mad at that. I'm here for that. So this episode,
1: like the prior episodes so far, we're giving you kind of our essential must watch list and some honorable mentions. Does this follow the, uh,
2: the Nerdist list very well, Nick? I didn't even cross-reference the two. I'm sure that the fall of Mandalore and the final arc are on that list. I'm I'm certain of that.
0: I don't think the Mandalore one is, dude. Really? Well, they're wrong. They dumb. I think it, I, because again, I think that that list was, was so focused on us getting ready for live action Ahsoka. That's why yeah. they released that list. Actually, I
1: think that list was before season seven. I think it was a prep for season seven list, which oh, is why maybe. it was so
0: Ahsoka focused as well, because she was... Central. But I remember season 5 being very limited and season 6 is there isn't anything on that list from season 6. So weird. Yeah. So. Well, let's get into it.
1: First, few picks. Episode 1, and then skip all the way to episode 14, because that's how they happen chronologically. 14, 15, 16, we've got Revival, Eminence,
2: Shades of Reason, and The Lawless. The opening arc was supposed to be that like Saw Gerrera rebellion arc, and probably just to come out swinging, they gave that Maul and Savage episode to kind of hit that grand slam. And they do, man.
0: So much murder. <laughs> yeah.
1: All the other <laughs> seasons... They just kind of wade in the shallow end, and it really starts hitting later. But this, they were like, double backflip right into the deep end. Check out my sick cannonball, whatever.
2: <laughs> like you said, coming out swinging. It's badass. Tell us about it, Nick. All right. So episode one, we start off with Maul and Savage. They're trying to build an army. They have plans to become crime lords now. They still call themselves Siths, but they want to start a crime syndicate. They try to pick off some of Hondo Anaka's pirates to join them. But the plan doesn't really stick. Kenobi gets involved. They battle. Savage loses an arm. Kenobi
0: just says, Hey, I know you're not a skywalker, but I'm taking his arm off. <laughs> As is tradition. He definitely bumped his arm on the desk and had the green mist coming out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, I was gonna say they um I, I remember a line, I can't remember if it's in episode one, but it's in it's in this arc when when one someone calls them Jedi and Maul replies, We're not Jedi, we're lords. He doesn't say Sith. He just says Lords, which was cool, I thought.
2: Yeah. So just
0: like the biggest trope in the Clone Wars, they escape.
2: <laughs> Nothing really happened.
0: <laughs> I mean, he lost uh, an arm. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. that.
2: He didn't need that. But uh, so the, the brothers are drifting off in space in an escape pod, and they're in rough shape, almost like Avengers Endgame, or like Tony Stark. It's just like they're kind of just dying in the pod. You know, they're freezing. You could tell it's cold. They have no, they're very lifeless. And who comes to save them but Death Watch, of course. Here we go it in that Mandalore story. Ironic. Yeah, ironic, exactly. So Death Watch brings them back to their base, gives Savage a new arm, gives Maul some less goofy legs. Thank goodness. Oh my God. <laughs> Got rid of those... The, uh,
0: the clampers? Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. You know what they were? They were like General Grievous legs. I, I just yeah, realized yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So less goofy legs, like more of a humanoid kind of thing. They made him... Uh, I want to say substantially shorter than Savage now. Yeah. I think previously they were kind of the same height, but these new legs made him a little uh, shorter. It's like Rocky and Drago. Yeah, exactly. So an alliance is formed between Maul and Death Watch. They plan a takeover of Mandalore. And although Maul keeps his uh, real plan secret from Pre Vizsla, they recruit some crime syndicates, the Black Sun, which we'll uh, revisit where their their origins come from a little later on. The Pikes, who are in Solo you might recognize it from. And of course, the huts and uh, the plan, which I think is really kind of cool and works really well. The plan is to have the crime syndicates attack Mandalore and have Death Watch look like the saviors as they battle the syndicates. The syndicates don't know this at all. This is just Maul and Death Watch's plan. And in turn, this will also make Satine look like a lame duck ruler because she's a pacifist and can't, you know, Satine has some guards that obviously guards aren't going to be able to ward off three different crime syndicates. So Death Watch is going to come in, save the day, and really look like heroes and get all of Mandalore's citizens behind Death Watch. I can't help
0: but think of pikeys with the pikes. Like I'm thinking <laughs> Brad Pitt and Snatch. <laughs> you like that. Getting a uh, like Patty blue catavan from Ma. I like that. <laughs> okay, good one.
2: Sorry. Once Vizsla is in power, he turns on Maul. surprisingly, or maybe not. <laughs> and imprisons both brothers as well as Satine. Maul easily escapes and plans to challenge Vizsla for the rule of Mandalore. And after a fierce battle, very dope battle, you really see Vizsla use all his Mandalorian toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maul decapitates Vizsla. Whoops. <laughs> and claims a dark saber and rule of Mandalore for himself.
1: He sure does. <laughs> but the thing we should point out right here, they he like challenges him knowing that because he's this this warrior of of principles... That he won't turn down the offer to to battle, yeah, right? totally. And then like in the end when he loses, he doesn't just lose and get his head cut off. He's like, you beat me, go ahead, essentially. Yeah,
2: really? Very like samurai style. Totally. It's like something like like only strong may rule or something like that. He totally knew he was going to die. Well, like war is a religion for them. Bo-Katan's displeased at this moment. Yeah. We get to see the Bo-Katan that we know now. She goes against Maul and says no outsider is going to rule Mandalore. So her and a few other warriors vow to never follow Maul since he's an outsider. She escapes and assists her nephew, Corky. (laughs) Bad beat for Corky, dude. Sorry you got named (laughs) that, bro. (laughs) I don't know the answer to this, but Corky says that Bo-Katan, or is it Satine? Satine. I suppose are auntie, auntie. Satine, yeah. Or his auntie. So who's his mom? I don't know. So Corky and Bo-Katan break Satine free from her imprisonment. Satine sends a message to Kenobi asking for help. And just like the Jedi would at this point in the council, the council says they can't help Mandalore because it's a neutral system. They're being very bureaucratic here and they have no jurisdiction on Mandalore. As messed up as this is, because
1: they were involved prior, it makes more sense than Jedi being soldiers in a war. But... You can't have both. You're in it, dude. Either you're going to help yeah. these people or you're going to
2: be shitty and you decide to be shitty. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense if you're just following rules on a paper, you know. But Kenobi's a good dude. Kenobi decides to go at it all alone. He helps the teen out of prison. And as they try to escape, Maul's forces destroy Kenobi's ship, which is uh, Anakin's spice freighter, right? I yeah, believe. that'll beat her, yeah. And they capture him and Satine. Maul says he never intends to kill Kenobi, but he just wants him to suffer. And as he says that, Maul kills Satine in front of Kenobi and then just puts Kenobi in a cell to just really live with himself. And in a weird way, like, Kenobi is responsible for Satine's death. And it's heartbreaking.
0: Cartoons have left the chat. (laughs) Yeah. What a brutal Saturday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, dude. Like, you're like... 12, you're eating your Lucky Charms, <laughs> and Satine is just murdered in front of Kenobi.
2: There is a beautifully sad shot. I mean, their their final words are definitely beautiful, but that kind of him holding her with, like, the whole... The rays of light coming through. Uh, yeah, just the light, rays of light coming through, like, her chambers there. That's yeah. really, really a great shot.
0: Next up, Hermit in a Desert Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: That's it. Bo-Katan rescues Kenobi before he even makes it to his cell. Back on Coruscant, Palpatine senses the rise of Maul and prepares his ship to head to Mandalore. On his throne, Maul says, I sense a presence. A presence I haven't felt since, Master. That might ring a bell. Ding, ding. And in comes Darth Sidious. And for the first time in the flesh, because every other time in the Clone Wars, in five seasons of the Clone Wars, Darth Sidious has only been uh, a hollow. So this is the first time we're seeing Sidious in the flesh. Yeah, when Palpatine has his Sith pants on. You're referring to the greatest Sith Lord
1: of
0: all time, right? Mm. I think that's the one.
2: Yes, that's the one.
0: Okay, <laughs> just wanted to make sure.
2: <laughs> Maul attempts to grovel, but an epic battle ensues. Really an excellent, excellent, excellent lightsaber battle so between Maul, Sidious, and Savajo Press. It's the best to date,
1: dude, as far as I'm
2: concerned. It's so sick, dude. Yeah, it's really great. In a weird way, because it's animation, it's somehow less goofy than watching real life Sidious in the yeah. in Revenge of the Sith, you know, like it's so much more badass because you're just watching a cartoon. So it's more epic and you don't, you're not like, yeah, that's just an old guy. He can yeah. do shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's way
1: scarier <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's doing all the same moves, but they're just, they're more intimidating looking. He's
2: smoother. Everything, just rules he does that very like jabby thing you know the pull back and stab you know what he does here too and this is probably a little bit more of a den of antiquities thing but i don't think i tossed it in the notes when he kills savage Press, sorry spoiler for one sentence from now when he kills savage Press, he kind of does what uh kylo ren does at the top of the rise of skywalker that like moonwalk like stabbing thing you oh yeah, what I'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of cool, huh? I never really slides realized back that. and double stabs him. Yeah, yeah. Kylo Ren does that at the beginning when he's like killing those people on on Mustafar. Yeah. So, like I said, Palpatine kills Savage and Savage. All of his like mother Talzin green magics leaves his body, and he kind of becomes that puny little guy that we saw back on Dothamir. The fart dust escapes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Palpatine in the end, says he's going to let Maul live because he's got plans for him moving on. And that's the end of Sidious and Maul, I should say, for season five. And the last reveal here in this arc, as bo escorts Kenobi to safety, she assures Kenobi that Mandalore will live on, and we get the reveal here that Satine was her sister.
1: And the line he does right here, I almost put this in Den of Antiquities, it's just like the line... Oh, yeah. Because Obi, Obi-Wan is the one who... He says it to her. He basically confirms it. She confirms it with a look. Um, He says, Satine's your sister, isn't she? Or Satine was Mm -hmm. your sister, wasn't she? Or something like that. And it's just like when he says, Anakin's the father, isn't he? Yeah. To Padme.
0: Mm.
2: Totally.
0: And little did we know, all of this wonderful Star Wars epicness was going to get mined for what we have now. Yeah. Yeah. This is so far before the Mandalorian was even, you know, a twinkle in its daddy's eye. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is just like, and they just went back and were like, ooh, you know what? <laughs> you know where there's some stuff? It's right there. It's so epic. So realistically, I mean, I don't really know exactly the answer to this,
2: but we could kind of think that up until that point, a lot of Mandalorian backstory was based on just this stuff. You know, like Mandalorian yeah. The TV show, I want to say, is based off of events that happened up until this point. Because season seven of The Clone Wars came out after season one of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Correct. So it okay. makes me wonder,
1: I wrote down some notes, and maybe this is an interpretation thing. Maybe someone actually knows the real answer. But the idea of the children of the Watch, the Death Watch, and Din Djarin having this foundling ethos, like this Mandalore is a creed, not a race kind of thing. Was that established prior to this, or was it kind of like that line in the sand that Bo Katan drew when she said, "No, I, I will not. I, this aggression will not stand, man. You know, <laughs> an outsider will not rule Mandalore." Yeah, where yeah. she said, "No, I'm not about this," and Death Watch said, "No, it, it, it's not a race. It's a creed. You know, we, we live by this code." It does, you know. If if you challenge the leader of of Mandalore and you win, you are the
2: leader of Mandalore. Like, is is this where it diverges? <sighs> this is a little confusing to me because in Din's flashback, that's definitely during the Clone Wars. Yeah, Battle Droids and all. So, does th- is that still yet to come as of the fall of Mandalore? Is Din even younger during the fall of Mandalore? I don't know people's ages and all the BBYS and all that type of stuff right now off the top of my head. So I'm not totally sure because that's death watch who saved him. So yep. at what point did death watch kind of get different rules and Bo-Katan broke off from that? Right. That's, yeah. what, that must've been what happened
1: yeah. at some point. It's interesting. A few other things, just things to note. We talked about how awesome that, that lightsaber battle was with Sidious and the night bro Zabrax. Yeah, the bro, bro, night bro. <laughs> That, was sick, super sick. But the fight right before it, the I guess in the episode before, Kenobi Mall and
0: Savage. So that's like between all of the crime syndicate yeah, guys yeah. and the and, and Kenobi shows up with uh what's the Jedi he arrives with?
2: Oh yeah, who dies, I forget
0: her she name. She dies. Yeah. But that fight is crazy between the four of them. Yeah. To that moment, that was
1: the best one so far. And then they just crushed it mm-hmm. with the last one.
0: I think seeing more humanity. I mean, in the character of Obi Wan Kenobi is huge in this arc as well. Yeah, dude. You know, we've known through the story now that he's got a, a thing with this lady. Yeah, uh, and and it's like tested his uh, moral compass and the code. You know, and his place in the order in the past. Clearly, I mean, the the like I forget what season or what episode, but the, you know, the hand on the face with the whole beard thing. And, mm-hmm. I mean, they had a they had a vibe. I mean, this is just all culminating to like. Just the darkest days ahead, like the love of his life is murdered shortly before, you know, Anakin's Padawan, who is sort of like by default, his spoiler alert, his Padawan walks away from the order and then huge spoiler alert, Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader. Like it it just this this episode, I think, for in this arc for Kenobi was really the beginning of this like dark spiral. You know, it doesn't, yeah. nothing gets better after this, but he
2: never turns. Yeah. I was right.
0: going to say, he just goes down
2: with the ship of what the Jedi are at that point. Last little thing I want to say
1: about this, the battle or the fight, you know, whatever you want to call it, when Obi-Wan's in, in a Mandalorian suit of armor and Bo-Katan gives him a jet pack and they fly off and they're fighting in the air with whoever they're fighting right there. That fight is like one of the best air battles it's it's better than any superhero fight scene i've ever seen where superheroes are f- flying and fighting and tumbling around and all the physics looks terrible and stupid you know <laughs> just go back and watch it it's so well composed like how they shoot it where they shoot it from the physics of of how they interact yeah it's a cartoon and it's consistent with like the way the cartoon looks but it just looks so much
2: better i don't know how else to describe it it just it's really 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 great all I could add to this is that Kenobi looks damn fine in a Mandalorian little getup. He wears it well. Yeah, he really does. I'll always have, a, this is a total like little kid thought that I've had, and I've probably mentioned it on the podcast, but my favorite thing in Star Wars is when someone is in a costume that should have a helmet, but he doesn't have the helmet on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you talked about how stoked you were on that toy when you were yeah, a kid. That you yeah, could That's take just the helmet fully off. a
2: little kid thing <laughs> that I'll never get over.
0: Especially when they steal the armor or whatever
1: it is from someone else totally, and they're like out of character. All right, moving to the next crucial arc. So we really have two here and then we get into honorable mentions. Episodes 17 through 20, the final arc for now. Sabotage, the Jedi who knew too much to catch a Jedi and the wrong Jedi. This is
0: all about Ahsoka.
1: Centers on Ahsoka at least. And it's, it's heartbreaking and amazing and I love Star Wars. (laughs)
0: it's uh on par for me with all-time star wars and the actual ending this ending is fully on par with that to me yeah
2: this show ended three times now that i'm really thinking about it (laughs) after season six no one thought it was coming back either (laughs) yeah there's a bit of a cold open for this arc
1: with a space battle but things really get started with anakin and ahsoka being assigned to investigate a bombing at the jedi temple there's one suspect who's arrested and taken into custody This suspect tells Ahsoka while she's in the cell, she thinks a rogue Jedi was responsible for the bombing. While Ahsoka's talking to the suspect, she dies right in front of her. It seems like she was force choked from somewhere nearby, suffocating, and she just hits the floor. She's dead. From the outside, though, this looks bad for Ahsoka. It looks like Ahsoka's the one who killed her. So troopers come in, and Ahsoka's arrested for the murder of this suspect. They lock her up. Put her in this big Republic military complex, looking very Imperial. This is fishy from the get-go. It seems like Ahsoka's being set up, being framed in some way. Tarkin is heavily involved in this arc, and he's really starting to look like the Tarkin we know from A New Hope. Really got the Imperial pants on. His vibe is
0: changing. Foreshadowing. Yeah,
2: I guess you're really starting to see the foreshadowing of what Tarkin and... I assume, Sidious, are trying to plan here. They're really... Well,
0: he talks about it in the scene. He says, um, uh, he references specifically that the Chancellor wants the Jedi to be removed from as many military operations as possible. Mm -hmm. That's just out in the open now. Like, it's slowly just starting to be, like, he's not even hiding it anymore, you know? It's just, he's just starting to manipulate things just right out in the open, and nobody seems to care. It's just happening. As I think these things do, you know, and the real life inspiration for a lot of this uh, imperial Japan and Nazi Germany and those, those things that Lucas pulled, you know, from to create the empire, they just happened. You just you listen to his, you know, historical shows or podcasts or whatever about how that even occurred, and it's wild because it just does. There's really not like a rhyme or reason to it. It just like it's almost like the more these dictator type. Uh, sociopath leaders do this shit out in the open, the more popular they become. You know? And I think Sidious Palpatine, he's just really starting to flex now. He's starting to say, okay, the military is at the height of its power. Who's going to challenge me? Who's going to challenge my rule? Who's going to challenge my decisions? Because the separatists i've now painted them to the people of the republic as the greatest threat to your freedom and your the, the hate of freedom you know so i yeah it's just i remember that that line really stuck out to me actually when he said the chancellor wants the jedi to be removed from as many military operations as possible
2: yeah he he does seem at this point that like all the pieces are set. Now it's time to really just mm-hmm. clear the Checkmate. board now. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: And you can hear it in the score, dude. Mm-hmm. The tension mm-hmm. with that score. They're
0: playing like the um as they're walking down the the cell block, it's going bum 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 bum. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then it and then it comes back and goes bum 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 bum. So it's like not doing the whole melody, but it's so you just keep hinting. Alluding to yeah. it and, and hinting at it. It's dude the, the score for this final arc was all time it it's so good man.
1: I'll tell you something about le- about it later and you'll go yep <laughs>
0: okay I can't wait to hear uh, it's a, correct me if I'm wrong before you keep going with this um not correct if I'm wrong I guess just tell me uh- oh knowledgeable ones <laughs> the evolution of the uh, troopers helmets has begun more in this season than ever before right?
1: Well they upgraded them last season.
0: Was it was season 4 when they put in the little like the the mouthpiece that looks like the original trilogy stormtroopers? They
1: put it in before, but I think the update made it look more prominent last season cuz that that okay. comes with the arc trooper helmet and the phase 2 which is the arc trooper minus the mohawk thing and a little bit different here. Right. About to get one printed, by the way.
0: They just use. I think in this episode, you just start to see that, like, they all have they all have like the sort of respirator vibe things on the side. Yeah, and I, the and the the graded uh, mouthpiece type thing.
1: I think they fully ditched the plain old one with like the lower flat.
0: Yeah, thing they also start now. to do um, a lot of. I think there was a lot of helmets. I know we're getting way off the synopsis here, but there's a lot of helmets in this arc that I noticed started to do the eyes more too, mm-hmm. uh, like shaping the eyes more like the kind of teardrop, mm-hmm. modern day stormtrooper
2: i don't get i don't get the sense from the behind the scenes that they knew that the show was going to be canceled but i do get the sense that they were moving towards revenge of the sith Mm -hmm. you know like as far as all that type of stuff goes and design of troopers and ships and all that type of stuff you can see it so much in that military complex that they have where
1: ahsoka is being held it looks like the inside of the death star everything is so empire
0: yeah, it's it's amazing. That that's when I texted you guys earlier as I was watching and said that the empire shift in the final arc is yeah. so epic. It's that's what it is. It's the it's the architecture and stuff. It's just it, it's just straight up for fanboys. Like <laughs> yeah. here it is. Here is your empire. Yes, I have some. They throw it all at you at one time. Anyways, okay, Ahsoka. So Ahsoka's been arrested for a crime she didn't commit basically blood on her hands she's over the body and they saw it on the video so
1: mm-hmm. yeah then she's gonna have to get reese witherspoon to be her attorney <laughs> and prove that she <laughs> wasn't even there but she can't spill her alibi that she was getting liposuction because then that, that would ruin her career as a fitness coach
2: <laughs> don't a- stomp your little last season Prada shoes at me honey
0: last
2: season <sighs> i don't remember <laughs> that part
1: It it was a deleted scene. Moving on. Ahsoka ends up breaking out with what to her seems like Anakin's help. There's a key card left for her and then her lightsabers. But as she's escaping, she sees a bunch of dead and injured troopers out in the hallway. So this clearly was not Anakin. Nonetheless, this is a bad look for Ahsoka.
2: This is now two or three instances where she is being framed, basically. Yeah, and Anakin believes her at this point, but it's not looking good. Absolutely. At this point, Ahsoka has fled to the underworld of Coruscant many, 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 many levels down. I think there's something like 5,000 levels to Coruscant, and at this point, she's on, like, 13, 13. Just thousands of levels down. Imagine what it smells like at the bottom. Oh, it's gross. I think on, like, level one, it's just actually inhibitable.
0: Inhabitable? (laughs) Indomitable? In, in, un, un, uninhabitable. Un, in, indomitable? Uninhabitable. Indomitable. <laughs> uninhabitable. Level one is actually just built out of human shit. <laughs> it would probably be not just human poop. Yeah, There would be all kinds of species of poop down there. This Coruscant, the entire is
2: planet is a city of shit. <laughs> <laughs> the entire planet is poop. <laughs> Although she escapes, she is eventually found by none other than bounty
0: hunter Asajj Ventress. So coming into this final arc, Ventress is back, baby. Before we get into Ventress, can I ask you guys a question if you noticed this? And there can't be like a real connection. I just really, I really noticed it. Obviously, the clone troopers have their voice, you know, with the New Zealand accent and and they all have their thing. These police troopers, though, am I wrong? They just straight up sounded like original trilogy stormtroopers. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, they're like, they're military police. Mm-hmm. They just, their their voices sounded exactly like stormtroopers yep. sound in, in the original trilogy to me. Yeah, good call.
2: Yeah. Ventress and Ahsoka strike a deal to help clear Ahsoka's name. Ahsoka will help get Asajj a pardon since she's still a war criminal and a Sith. Then Ahsoka gets a tip from her good old
1: friend, Padawan Barriss Afi, about someone who might have some answers for her in this whole mystery. So Ahsoka and Ventress go to the warehouse, Ahsoka goes in,
2: Ventress leaves. When she's in an alley alone, Ventress is attacked by a cloaked figure who steals her sabers and the helmet that she's wearing. The force-wielding assailant, who's disguised as Ventress now, attacks Ahsoka. So Ahsoka thinks that Ventress is now turned on her. During the fight, Ahsoka is knocked off the platform and lands right next to a bunch of crates that are holding nanodroids.
0: <laughs> convenient.
2: How convenient that she falls right on a pile of the crap that they use to blow up the temple. Very convenient. You know what else is convenient? Anakin and a bunch of troopers show up.
0: In <laughs> the same again... spot on the whole level. <laughs> yep. There they are.
2: Once again, it looks like Ahsoka's been framed as she lays next to these nanodroids. So now we're moving on into Ahsoka facing her trial for treason after she's been expertly set up. Admiral Tarkin advises the Jedi Council to expel Ahsoka in order to give her a Republic military tribunal that is more impartial as opposed to having the Jedi Council do it. Once again, very convenient. Mm -hmm. Screwed. (laughs) Totally screwed. After deliberation from the Council, they decide to bar her from the Order. That's such a sad moment, too. So gnarly. Anakin finds Ventress and asks her about the events of that night. At first, he assumed Ventress was behind it all, but she told him how it all went down and that another Jedi snuck up behind her and stole Ventress's lightsabers and her helmet. She also informs Anakin that Ahsoka spoke to Barriss that night, and Barriss was the reason that Ahsoka was in the warehouse to begin with that night.
0: There's something really cool there. Ventress expressing similarity, uh, you know, being sort of left behind by their master. Uh, but her and Ahsoka having mm-hmm. this common bond. And she says a line, these are strange times, I think is the line. And it really just starts to show you we are devolving into the darkness. Yep. You know, it's like Asajj Ventress is like admitting that things are bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just really, really cool. Really well done. Follow the Jedi. Anakin confronts Barris
2: and slightly takes her lightsaber as he walks into her quarters. He ignites her saber and Barriss uses the force to pull out Ventress's sabers, which were hiding in her quarters. Busted. Caught her. Caught red bite sabered. <laughs> the court at this point is about to give its verdict. And in comes Anakin with Barriss in custody. Barriss confesses to everything and all the charges have dropped against Ahsoka. But. <laughs> with Ahsoka's name cleared now, the council asks her back. And actually says, in kind of like a real BS way, and you could see it on Ahsoka's face, Mace says that this trial was a much better test for her, and she has now become an even greater Jedi.
0: This was your great trial. That's what he says.
2: And her face is like, shut up, dude. No way. He's like trying to cover up for his own like wrongdoing there. Anakin presents Ahsoka's Padawan braid to her, but she refuses it and walks away. The final scene shows Ahsoka although gracious of Anakin's support, is still upset with the Order and how they handled the situation. In the final exchange between Anakin and Ahsoka... Why are you doing this? The
1: Council didn't trust me. So how can I trust myself? What about me? I believed in you. I stood by you. I know you believe in me, Anakin, and I'm grateful for that. But this isn't about you. I can't stay here any longer. Not now. The Jedi Order is your life. You can't just throw it away like this. Ahsoka, you are making a mistake. Maybe. But I have to sort this out on my own. Without the Council. And without you. I understand. More than you realize, I understand. Wanting to walk away from the Order. I know. And we're crying. And we're all crying. (laughs) For me, the whole thing, the whole thing was just like glossy eyes. All four episodes, but especially the last one. And then Yoda and the council with the backpedaling. Oh, our bad. I mean, it was a pretty good test for you, though, right? Yeah. I was so heartbroken by it. I was just like, F- you guys,
2: F- all of you guys. Like, w- what a load of bullshit. You know what I mean? Are they trying to get one over on her? Like, ah, uh, we were just kidding.
1: Yeah, you know, we didn't mean to. It was, uh, it was a trial for you. Uh, just, you know, but y- you passed it. So everything's cool, right? Yeah. Right? No, 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 no. This was your great trial. Right. <laughs> but man, like how Anakin's asking her to come back and right there in front of all of them, like they have that moment together. And I didn't remember it being in the actual council chambers in front of all of them until I rewatched it because it, it's such a personal moment in your memory. It sort of gets stored along with the the final interaction outside the temple. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like that much better that they're having that. It's like no one else in the room is relevant because it's really between them right there. He's the only one that she cares to tell, to deliver the news. I'm not coming back. She's not responding to the rest of them. It's like, mm-hmm. you're the one I care about and I'm sorry. I, I can't go forward with this.
0: I was watching this time and thinking about something I read that Ashley said about when she watches the scene now, she focuses mostly on Ahsoka walking to the light and not all the darkness around it. Mm -hmm. And dude, watch it again with that perspective. It's just, it's crazy how it hits different. I mean, the lighting in that scene is just unreal, dude, when they're walking out and sort of like first you have perspective they're coming out of the temple walking sort of down that last corridor but then it switches to a profile view of the two of them standing on this giant terrace and it's just like barely the sunset sort of creeping over the edge Mm -hmm. of the terrace and it outlines their silhouette and it's dude and talking about animation I mean, Anakin's face in this scene at the end is all you need to know about what yep. they did with the animation in this season. It's so—dude, dude, dude the, the most iconic shot, I think, is is just Ahsoka at the very end. You know, like when you see her silhouette just at the top of the stairs, that's, yeah. that is. But just before that, could be as iconic, there's a, a shot of Anakin—the back of Anakin's head— you know, watching her walk away. Yeah, it just did. It's just a.
1: And prior to that, the profile of the two of them as well. Yeah,
0: that too. That too. It's just it's such an important moment.
1: Yo, hey, anybody, you just let any any person on this earth try to tell me this isn't in <laughs> cinema. Score, I'll
0: fight Scorsese
1: with my bare hands. <laughs> over some, yeah. This is like pure cinema. Yeah, man! in a cartoon for sure
0: i I think that this whole arc is the most cinematic the show has been to this point i i i think for any little gripes i've interjected throughout the time we've been covering the show this arc it was like you were back in a film you were back in one of the one of the star wars films and even if you want to lean on the prequels because this is prequel era it was all the best parts of Revenge of the Sith is where you lived in this arc. Yeah. Out of everything in the Clone Wars up to this point, and again, until the actual finale, for me, this wasn't the absolute... I'm spoiling, I love you, I know. This is the absolute <laughs> highlight of the show for me. I just felt like
2: they know, in all five seasons, they know when they have to put on, for lack of a better term, their big boy pants and and make it <laughs> cinematic and yeah. make it more Star Wars-y, you know? I'm probably not uh, saying that in the most... Uh, sensible way, but there, there's just times and arcs where they just know that they have to kill it and they do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's really interesting that they tried to write this, or at least the first of these four episodes 17 as a procedural drama. Like they, they fully went for that like procedural crime drama TV kind of thing. And they went as far as to hire a writer who had a bunch of experience writing procedural stuff, criminal, he wrote on criminal minds and a bunch of other, like, you know, the network TV kind of crime drama stuff. Um, Charles Murray, he went on to write a bunch in rebels and all this kind of stuff. But to this point he was like that, you know, ABC, NBC crime drama dude. But I think as much as they do that in the first of these four, this whole thing just becomes another like little film like Mm -hmm. they had in last season. You could put all four back to back and it's a movie as far as I'm concerned.
0: Hundred percent. One episode in this arc ends, and the other one immediately begins without any kind of, kind of like reset. If right. that makes sense, it's like you're you're still completely immersed in the story. And there are a few of these throughout the show, and this is this is definitely one of them. Where uh, it'd be cool if someone make an edit of like you know the few arcs that are just straight up feature films if they play straight through, so we can watch those.
1: That would be cool, dude. First of all, I I just want to do that personally. (laughs) Uh, But secondly, just going back to like the procedural thing, they did do this, and this is like such a thing that would be in like, you know, one of those shows where the technology is like 10 years, 20 years ahead somehow, you know, enhance, enhance, like on the the images, like all that crime TV crap. But they did one of those things. So cool. Uh, There's something in like, um, there's some like Tony Stark stuff in some of the uh, MCU films that this reminded me of. I think it's an episode 17. They're doing mm. a hollow replay of the explosion in the crime scene and they're walking yeah, through it.
0: I knew exactly what you're, where you were going. It's so sick, dude. It, it's a straight up like, mm-hmm. you
1: know, crime show thing, but it's, it's like so much better. I don't know. Maybe just cause I love Star Wars. I don't know, but it's so sick. And then this is some Denim Antiquity stuff a little bit, but that one shot specifically and the whole thing, the whole chase at the end is straight up the fugitive.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. The movie, The Fugitive. thousand percent.
1: Which they remade with, with Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. She's at the end of the tube. She jumps off, you know, waterfall or whatever it's called, fully, like un- unashamed. <laughs> We're going to do The Fugitive in this one, and it's great. All right. Honorable mentions. We're going to do these really quickly. <sighs> I say that now. We'll see what happens. Episodes <laughs> two to five, A War on Two Fronts, Front Runners, The Soft War, and Tipping Points. This is pre-rebellion little rebel cell on a planet called Andoran. This is where we meet Saw Gerrera. I didn't know Saw Gerrera existed before Rogue One because I hadn't seen any of this stuff before Rogue One. So imagine how sick it was for Clone Wars fans to see Saw Gerrera in live action. Mm-hmm. I'm bummed that I missed that experience. Uh, he and his sister, Stila Gerrera, they need help protecting their planet Andoran from the Separatists. So they enlist the help of uh, the Republic the way it's way different is that they this is like very real world. This is very like uh, you know supplying Afghanistan with weapons to fight Russia or fight the yeah. Soviet union kind of thing Contras yeah so they they're they're like training these rebels. the Jedi are training these rebels to fight the separatists, but they don't want to get too involved, so they're they're training them to fight with uh like e m p grenades and bombs to disable the droids and minimize casualties and all this stuff but they basically supply and train the first rebel cell that will go on to become the rebellion against the Empire. How sick is that? It's beyond. So dope. It's the sickest. Watch it. There's also in this um, Lux Bonteri, right, is his name? Yep. Ahsoka's would-be boyfriend that she has feelings for. He's he's from this planet. He's part of this rebellion. There's a bunch of stuff going on where Anakin and Obi-Wan are— fully aware of her emotional state they're aware that there's some there's some emotions there and trying to get her to to handle that and there's like this what she perceives is all this like sexual tension or all this like romantic tension between saw and stila and lux she doesn't realize until later that saw and stila are brother and sister mm-hmm. but she's just looking at stila like oh, i hate you I do all these boys like you i hate this <laughs> she deals with it but it's a it's, just a, it's another test. And you did a great job. Um, <laughs> moving on, uh, next honorable mention, episode six, The Gathering. I would say this is this is a must-watch for me.
2: Yeah, it's it's super cool. That's great.
1: Ahsoka leading a group of younglings to the planet Ilum, which we know from a bunch of other stuff, to find their kyber crystals. It's, a, it's an ice planet that's rich with kyber crystals. They each have to go through this little trial. It's sort of like a, a personal obstacle, whether it's overcoming a fear or learning to be selfless, all these different things. There's kind of forced visions in this awesome cave. There's a, there's a young Wookiee, youngling, uh, Padawan. There's a, what's Greedo? What's he called? Mm. A little Greedo guy, some cool species. Um, Yoda's there as well. It's a really cool episode. And again, I hadn't seen the Clone Wars until after a lot of other things. After making my own lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge with the gatherers. Mm-hmm. Now I know. Way cooler now. Uh, episode 12, last one in the honorable mentions, Missing in Action. I put this in here because I think it's just another cool facet of the the clone story. This is about a clone who had no idea that he was a clone. He's living his own life out in the world. His name is Gregor. He has amnesia, doesn't remember anything. Turns out he was a Republic commando. You know, like we mentioned a couple episodes ago from the game. That's another thing that Fulani brought back because he loved that game. He winds up. Showing up in Rebels later, but it's just really dope to see him remember everything, and then he comes out at the end, and he's part of a battle, and he kind of, like, sacrifices himself, although Filoni put in a line that makes it possible for him to come back, and then we see him in Rebels. Good stuff. Let's move on to the Den of Antiquities.
2: over a
0: thousand generations. It is the dark,
2: Satan. gosh. It's a calicore. A Sith wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. The secret's only the Sith knew. All
1: right, we got a bunch, and they're awesome. So I'm going to rapid-fire. Pew, pew. Episode one. Always two there are, brother. A master and an apprentice. Maul says to Savage. Familiar line. You know that. There's also, speaking of familiar things with people with face tattoos. When Maul and Kenobi face off, the choirs in the score are Mm -hmm. undeniable, bringing Mm -hmm. it back. Right away. You're just in it. Full reference to um, Duel the Fates. In episode two, we see on Andoran, the symbol for the Andoran people, I guess, or is it just for the rebels there? Nonetheless, it's on their helmets, and it's meant to be the kind of beginnings of the Rebel Alliance logo which
2: is is like a combination of a few things, I think. Yeah. It's kind of the, the middle piece of the rebel Alliance logo. Yeah. Like that, um, it's kind of on their helmet. It's like a little tri try dent, like a torch kind of sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of these rebels, the overall look of them
1: was based on an old Ralph McQuarrie concept for rebels in a new hope. They also pulled from some of the Endor trooper looks to do this look. Also in episode two, Wilder training, we mentioned um the Jedi training these rebels. Anakin is kind of overseeing some stuff, and one of the rebels does a good job. And Anakin says, Impressive, most impressive. <laughs> so good. This is dope in episode six, The Gathering, the opening to the episode, we see a flashback. This is while the narrator's talking, right? Yeah, yeah. We see a flashback of Plo Koon finding baby Ahsoka. No dialogue, nothing. Like I said, it's while the the narrator's talking, but you see... Pretty damn
0: cute little baby Ahsoka. Give her a little squeeze. (laughs)
1: Episodes 10 through 13 all have blue Clone Wars logos at the top of each show as a little tribute to our boy R2. It's
2: weird, though, because it's more the R2... It's not really the R2 blue. It's like the opening a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away blue, which I wouldn't consider an R2 blue. It's got a little green in the hue. Yeah. Episode 11, Sunny Day in the Void. Some
1: of this was based on the work of comic artist Mobius.
2: Nick, you put this in. I'm not familiar with this. Yeah. Lucas, I guess, was a fan. And uh, the the episode was pitched by George, actually, who thought of a story set in uh, an entire environment that was similar to the White Room in his film, THX 1138. And kind of just had the droids questioning whether they were real. It's just a very, like, stark episode. And and Filoni drew a bunch of images of bleak landscapes during the meeting and thought the idea was super bizarre, but it really works. Tight. Episode
1: 14, Bo-Katan says to Previsla. This is more like a, from a certain point of view. Somebody help me out here. <laughs> when they show up and find Savage and Maul kind of frozen, almost dead, unconscious. Yes. And they got their guns drawn on him. Yes. Bo-Katan says, should we rub him out? No. What? <laughs> I had to ask somebody at work today, like, if I were to say to you, should we rub him out? What is that? What do those words mean to you? And they laughed. <laughs> And the response was, "Well, it's two things. Either one, like kill them, like you know, like a mafia term, like whack, mm-hmm. you know, whack this guy, <laughs> or which is also a euphemism, yeah. or another thing, which is NSFW. <laughs> so okay. that's where that conversation stopped. R-
2: regardless, it's like not a Star Wars line,
0: right? No. Right? You know,
2: <laughs> it's yeah. not a mafioso. I don't. I can't. Ha- can't help you
0: <laughs> with your uh, with this one yeah. For, yeah. from a certain point of view. I think I, I had one last week." The, the locals on um, the planet oh, with <laughs> the the, masks, battles yeah, the helmets on, couldn't breathe their own air. You were like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing <laughs> to for that. Take an L on that one.
1: <laughs> Moving on, though, to something about the scene that we can make sense of. When they find them passed out there and they're shining flashlights on them as they're kind of like coming in, that was based directly on the opening scene from the movie Aliens.
2: Looked familiar. We got Fugitive and we got Aliens. They were leaning
1: on the through. 90s films <laughs> yeah. here this season (laughs) the black sun crime syndicate which is in the same episode i think or maybe 15 comes from the shadows of the empire novels comics and games from the 90s speaking of 90s there's one character a main character that's through like all of this stuff he faces off with luke and there's a bunch of stuff you know the green skin the ponytail kind of thing and i found this when i was doing research In uh, the sort of Coliseum thing or the stands around the pod race arena in episode one, you know, all those fans there in the miniature, they had just a bunch of Q-tips with different colors in the stands. But then on the stairs coming down between the seats, they had a couple tiny little figures. And one of the figures was one of these characters from the Black Sun. Pretty sweet.
0: Not as sweet as the sports announcers, though. <laughs> Young Skywalker is more. violent. Okay, island. that's enough. That's enough. Okay. That's it. I don't even... I'm, I'm angry at myself for even thinking of it, and then you went and made it worse. Look what you did. Insert the full scene audio now. <laughs> oh, these announcers?
2: <laughs> that's my ringtone. It
1: rings for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> God, imagine if that was your alarm in the morning. Yeah. Uh, no. In episode 16, uh, when... Obi-Wan shows up on Mandalore in his street clothes, and his non-Jedi clothes. It's the same outfit from his uh, Rako Hardeen, his face-off episode. Yeah.
0: So it's not quite like an actual change. It's like, oh, so you have two things. You have, you have two sets of clothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. God, imagine what people's <laughs> smell like. They stink. <laughs> I just, they stink. <laughs>
1: yeah, We mentioned Palpatine having two lightsabers in Lawless, one of the last episodes. This sort of fixes uh, a presumed continuity error in Revenge of the Sith. I don't know if this was, um, maybe this is a visualization of it, but there was a mention in, I want to say like the novelization of episode three that answered this. Basically like Palpatine loses a lightsaber when they come in to arrest him, you know, and unlimited power, that whole thing happens. Mm -hmm. But then he has another one, the exact same lightsaber when he fights Yoda. People notice what the hell. Turns out he had two and we see him with two in this episode. The final four episodes, the final arc are all the titles are all references to Alfred Hitchcock films. This is cool. So sabotage is a Hitchcock film. The man who knew too much. They turned that into the Jedi who knew too much to catch a thief is to catch a Jedi. The wrong man is the wrong Jedi dope. So cool. In episode 17, in this last arc, Ahsoka says somebody has to save his skin about Anakin. It's a little Leo throwback. Also in that episode, Ahsoka thinks R2 falls to his death and then he pops up. You know, he, she thinks he falls off that cliff or whatever and he pops up and he's like, you know, and he's got his like jets and she goes, very funny R2. And it's straight up like Luke when he thought that he lost R2 in the swamp in Dagobah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a
1: lot of throwbacks. The lightsaber droid went out of order here. This is in the gathering, right? Mm-hmm. When they um, they're building yeah. their lightsabers and there's a droid you know, on this big ship has all these drawers and this big like, um, I don't know, surplus stockpile thing of parts, and he's the one who teaches them how to make their lightsaber. And there was a thing about like a droid, really a droid teaching them, and Falonium was even, when somebody suggested, it was like, "That's weird. We're not doing that." But then we thought about it, who better than someone who's been alive for like hundreds, if not, a couple thousand years, who's seen all these Jedi to teach them how to do it and have the full data bank? Of all of that. Point being, this droid's look was based on early 3PO designs from Ralph McClory again. Um, Episode 18, at the Jedi eulogy, Yoda says, Luminous beings are we, but temporary vessels our bodies are.
0: Come on, man. I love that.
1: That's poetry.
2: That's my boy right there. If I get to have a last line before I die, I'm going to say that.
1: Yes. (laughs) Can we just make a pact that whoever dies first, the others, say that. at Say that. (laughs) Also in episode 18... Anakin is having a moment with Tarkin. He kind of agrees with him. And just in that moment, there's a few, again, subtle notes of the Imperial March. And then the full-on March melody happens when Anakin demands to be let in to see Ahsoka. He goes in to to visit her when she's being held in that Imperial facility or that Republic facility. He's like, visibly, this is bullshit. And (laughs) the full, full March melody goes in the background. Episode 19, this is... The introduction of loath cats, although they're not called loath cats here. I mean, they're, they're cats. It's like the first introduction of cats in Star Wars and it becomes such a thing in Rebels. Here it was just, he
2: just wanted to have cats. But <laughs> it's a very uh, Billy Madison, like, I wanted to see a blue duck. <laughs> like, right. I never saw a cat in Star Wars, so I wanted to see a cat. And he calls
1: them tukas because he had a cat named tuka. It turns out loath cats are just a specific breed of tuka. So tuka means cat, I guess, in Star Wars. Uh, more Imperial March later. Red Imperial Guards at Palpatine's side at Ahsoka's Trial. That's the first, this is maybe the only time we see the full-on Red Imperial Guard exactly as they are in the original trilogy, right? We don't even see them in episode three.
2: I did not even notice that. So. At first
1: I was like, ooh, I caught that. And then I watched and they were just there the whole time. Wow. It's awesome. Ryan, you're going to love this. Speaking of the finale, the score was done for the first time in Clone Wars with a full live orchestra mm-hmm. in Prague. The composer, Kevin Kiner, supposedly went there like on his own time, on his own dime, bought his own ticket, was like, ah, I'm, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we need to do this for real. And that's the first time we get a, a true like acoustic full live orchestra
0: the string the score in general we we talked about it all the way back in season one where the, i think it hadn't really found its footing yet and there was kind of a mixture of this like weird kind of my first laptop butt rock kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff but also yeah. some scoring stuff but throughout all the seasons knowing this fact if, if it is indeed true you know the technology for string samples and orchestra samples it, it's it's something that has a like anything with technology these days uh, it's been aggressively pursued you know to improve uh, over the years but you know we're going back to 2008 here uh, on into like 2013 14 whatever It it's you would be amazed at what string libraries in 2013 sounded like compared to what they sound like in 2021. Not great. I mean, I can build you a, a single instrument string quartet now, which you that's the hardest thing. I mean, a bunch of them together is a lot easier to make them sound real through processing and whatever else. But now I could send you a quartet, you know, that I'm able to put into a into a room uh, like a plug-in that makes it sound like it's in Ocean Way Studios, you would never know. I feel bad for string players. <laughs> yeah. You would never know that what I'm sending you was not... got re- Because it is real. It's a real sample of the instrument playing the note you're recording. Yeah. But it's fascinating how they make these libraries. So to know, and I'll tell you, dude, especially in that last scene, when, as we call it, like the Binary Sunset is playing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: my ears just fully pricked up knowing that those are real strings that's
1: real something's different here that's an orchestra
0: you know yeah it it was just like chills over your whole body and a lot of it comes from that the organic nature of that recording it's just it's just gonna be different i think emulating a guitar amp these days no big deal. Like I, I'm fully past it. Doesn't bother me at all. You're you you will never know the difference. Never. I'm sorry. You won't ever know <laughs> right. that it's not a real guitar amp anymore. I hate. I'm sorry for the super rocker loyalists out there that disagree with me, but you're wrong. It's, it's an just, objective fact. Yeah. But I'm old. Yes. But <laughs> but strings, man. I mean, unless you're doing something really highly stylized with it with a software string where you can like soak it in reverb and delay and make it this cool thing, just a straight up orchestra performance you can still fully feel the difference in it's it's harder than ever before but you can tell when it's a full orchestra like this so that's a really cool fact and i apologize for talking about it for 20 minutes at <laughs>
2: almost midnight <laughs> moving on i've always hated we we oh, we especially in our earlier records always put fake orchestra on and i just hate it i'm like it's Mm -hmm. this can't be important because it sounds bad it sounds so bad and we
0: are never going to replicate it live i hate how
2: it sounds and it's not even going to be there when we play live so why are we doing this
0: right well it doesn't sound like that anymore yeah it's sketchy it's sketchy how real it sounds
2: it really is well if you listen to like our third record and all the extra instrumentation on there it all sounds extra fake now (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: noted speaking of the score to wrap up den of antiquities wrapping up this season they did something for the first time that felonia had wanted to do for a long time but george just couldn't get behind it so he orchestrated see what i did there (laughs) a way to to screen it for george and show him and he waited until the very last he waited until everything was rendered it was in full color all the lighting effects and everything were in to show him a version without the the score hitting at the end with the triumphant thing and the the title card hitting, mm-hmm. instead it just fades out. The blue text comes up, and it's the score, and then Ahsoka's theme fades in at the end. First time it had happened in the whole show, he knew it was something that had to happen, and he couldn't blow it by showing it to George before
0: everything was right. It's like sending a rough mix, right. reluctant. You just sometimes you just can't do it. Yeah. Come on, just send it to me. I know it's not the final one. Nope. I'm <laughs> not you you are not going to hear this till it's done. Well done, Dave. He's a smart guy. I love you. I know.
1: We pulled the patrons, as you know, favorite episodes, favorite cookies, or opening credits quotes. It was a landslide on both of these.
0: I spoiled mine, but I would be surprised if you all did not agree that the final arc is just the ultimate. I mean, yeah. there's lots of amazing stuff in this season, but come on, dude. Like, you can't... Can you pick one episode out of it? The final ep- the final episode. Okay. For sure. Those types of heightened emotions and, like, really intense character development are, are my favorite parts of Star Wars. More than, I mean, I think a lot of times for me, so it's like why Empire is my favorite movie. It's more... It's more about that than it is TIE Fighters and X-Wings, you know. I love that stuff too, but Ahsoka walking away, man, it was just so powerful and so unexpected for it to end that way. That's for sure my favorite episode too, and I think that they do
2: such a good job, to put it simply, they do such a good job showing how hard it is to do the right thing. She does Mm -hmm. the right thing, and it is heartbreaking, and sure, she could have stayed and everything would have felt like it did a couple of days before. But the right thing to do was to go and literally be alone and, you know, now we know from watching season seven, she's in like whatever layer of Coruscant hiding out, you know, like it's, that's a hard thing to do, but it was the right thing to do. She's still
1: really young when that happens too, which makes it, I mean, I moved out of my house when I was 19. Same. I didn't (laughs) go off into the galaxy (laughs) by myself after being wrongly accused of a crime and (laughs) Having to kill a bunch of people and stuff—it's gnarly. Um, so I obviously my my favorite is the final arc, but I don't think I can pick a single episode. You don't have to. If pressed, I would I would have to pick the the very last one just because of those last couple scenes. But the build up to it is so essential, and the procedural
0: crime drama thing and the fugitive thing—all of that is so sweet. It's great, man. It's just good storytelling. I, I remember watching it today. And when I got to episode to the fi- to episode twenty, you know, we were getting kind of close to recording time, and I was like, "Oh man, I need to check and see how much more I have to go." Like, and I tapped my you know Apple TV remote, and it was like ten minutes into episode twenty, and I was like, "I've watched four episodes; like I'm at the end." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes the show isn't like that. Sometimes it's like it's a cartoon, as we talked about, and you're like, two more to go. Two more to go." <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I want to do a good job and cover the show for for the pod. But this was like wow, the movie's almost over. I I don't want it to be over, you know, that feeling.
1: What about favorite quotes, favorite uh, cookies from the opening credits?
0: Yeah, my favorite card is um, episode three, front runners. to seek something is to believe in its possibility. I like that. I I very much uh, agree with that idea in life, being just a creative person that has impossible dreams and has to like will things into existence, you know? just got to believe that it's possible right
2: speaking of possibilities i'm going to go with
0: uh, episode 13 point of no return you must trust
2: in others or success is impossible i trust you guys just so you know teamwork <laughs> <laughs>
1: makes the dream work there's so many good ones this season more than usual I do you think. like
2: them all is your answer that you like them all i'm just gonna say all of them
1: <laughs> i'm actually leaning towards as much as the final one never give up hope no matter how Dark Things Seem is the one to gravitate to.
2: Never give up hope no matter how long the pandemic lasts. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like we used this as, still on, as a quote way. on on one
1: episode. Didn't we? We didn't, didn't we use this as a quote of the week? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think we did. I'm going to go. I'm actually, maybe this is the first time we've ever done a twofer, two points for one quote. I'm going to go with the same one as William Ryan Key. Episode three, to seek something is to believe in its possibility.
0: Ahsoka, man, she's like walking out. She's a seeker now. Yep. She's going rogue, seeing what's out there.
1: She's got her vision board. You know, it's got a new Toyota Camry on it, a <laughs> two-bedroom apartment. She's going to achieve those goals. She's going to manifest those goals. <laughs> Can you just visualize for a second Ahsoka in her like full gear with her Togruta head stuff and all that? And her lightsabers and all, that, driving
2: like a like a Toyota Camry, just like to, to Whole Foods, <laughs> sitting in traffic like uh, Michael Bolton in the <laughs> office space. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Uh, that's that's a series I want to see. What what she does after this? All right, let's see what the patrons thought. Like I said before, it was a landslide. We're not even going to mention the second place because. How do you have a tie for second place when second place is one in two votes each?
0: <laughs> you know? There's a clear winner here.
1: Yes. Episode 20, The Wrong Jedi, with 47% of the vote, is the winner for favorite episode. And from the same episode, favorite title cookie, 52% of the vote, never give up hope, no matter how dark things seem. Some
2: straight-up Star Wars right there. Just preaching. Quite poignant. We will go on tour in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting that out there.
1: Before we wrap up with the quote of the week, we want to remind you folks to um, hang out with us on Patreon. And if you're already a patron, go check out the post show where I think we're going to talk a little bit about the bad batch release date announcement and expectations for that. We'll probably keep that brief because I don't know. I don't like to theorize too much. It spoils it. I don't want to set weird expectations, but nonetheless, we have some thoughts. So we're going to talk about that. So patreon.com slash
0: thank the maker pod. If you want to hear that, And Ryan Key, give us a quote. Got a good one for you this week. The interesting thing about the Clone Wars is that in the films, in the normal course of the Skywalker saga, it's skipped over. You hear about it, but you only see the very beginning and the very end of the wars. But this was a turning point for the Republic. Star Wars, the Clone Wars, connects episodes two and three. As a TV series, it gives more depth and understanding about how the Republic fell, and what a fantastic hero Anakin Skywalker was. We got so focused on him turning into Darth Vader that it's easy to forget that he was one of the biggest heroes of the entire Clone War. I think seeing him as a great Jedi Knight reminds you that before it gets dark and tragic, Star Wars is a fun adventure story too. That it is. Ladies and gentlemen, George Lucas on The Clone Wars. George. I thought that was pretty good one uh, with the kind of fake out series finale fake out it's like, yeah, because of just just the moment of ahsoka leaving is such a final feeling like it was just, i thought yeah. it'd be cool to kind of give you a insight from the creator himself yo speaking of fun adventure
1: stories during war
0: is it the opening of season
1: seven or part of season seven where anakin shows up at a battle and obi-wan's like what are you doing here or something like that and he's like We're already done with our battle, you know? And he's just like standing there and just like blast blaster bolts are flying, flying by him. And he's, he's like, get down, get down. And he's like, what? There's only like a thousand battle droids out there.
2: Let's let's, just go get them. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's like the opening of the last arc. Hey, it happened. I know that much. Point (laughs) being, it's at the same time
1: showing like how badass he is, how powerful he was. And it's just fun. You know what I mean? He's like... There's only like a thousand of them. Let's just go chop them up. (laughs) Like the battle droids, you know? It's good. Anakin's a good dude. He was a good dude before he committed a bunch of war crimes. He was Darth Vader
2: then. Anakin was cool.
1: Murdered children. Before the the child murder thing, great guy. Different guy. Great guy. That really uh, changed the course of his life there. It's not like he stole one car and never recovered from it. (laughs) <laughs> took it to the next level
0: and smoked one doobie and yeah. ended up in rehab. <laughs> Is there mass murder children rehab? <laughs> I don't know. Well, he could have used it. He didn't get it. He didn't he, get put into that program. <laughs> no, he did not. All right, let's be
1: done now. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for our podcast on social media, you can find us on Instagram at thank the maker pod. You can find us on Twitter at thank the maker. My stuff is all at Adam the Skull.
0: Mine is at William Ryan Key.
2: Mine's at Nick Bayside. I'll get you all the warranties you want for your car. Just hit me up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he knows a <the> guy. <laughs> it's me. You
1: could also go to thankthemakermerch.com if you want to get a nice Thank the Maker blouse. <laughs> Nick might be able to get you um, a warranty
0: on that as well.
2: Yeah. It's possible. I'll get you I'll get you five warranties for one shirt.
0: I'm wearing one right now and that and the warranty feels good. Yeah. It feels good on my back. It's a good blend. I really feel like everyone who ordered their shirt should have them by now. Thank
2: fully functional, fully operational.
0: <laughs> the, the merch <laughs> station is fully operational. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: You can also go to patreoncom thankthemakerpod, like I said before if you want to be involved in these polls. If you want to um, do AMAs with us when we do those, if you want to watch and listen to the after show stuff, that's a little um, little looser, more discussion about current stuff that's going on, any kind of like theorizing that we're doing, we keep that in the after show stuff. You won't get that in this main podcast feed. So patreon.com slash thank the maker pod. Dudes,
0: I'm tired and I like you and I like Star Wars. <laughs> Everyone, please keep in mind when you listen to these that Adam Russell is working a full-time job and editing these and recording this at 11:30 p.m. on a Monday night. It's late for us in our age. <laughs> yeah, if we sound a little sleepy that's why but you know what we're still getting you the info you need.
1: The force be with you
0: <laughs> For real thanks for listening. We
1: appreciate it. We'll see you next time. May the force be with you.